So today we're back with a very special episode for us. We have our first guest on the Project Rookie podcast, Eddie Maycar. And just for a quick intro, Eddie's a former JUCO baseball player, and he's attended three different colleges since graduating high school. But now he's a senior at Marquette University, finishing his last semester to earn his degree in commercial real estate and information systems. And he recently landed a job as a tenant coordinator for an office property in Milwaukee following his recent internship with that company. And for this show, we're going to dive into Eddie's recent experience as a uh, at a real estate conference in Seattle and how he's been able to develop his networking skills uh, throughout his time at Marquette. Welcome to Project Rookie. I'm Jet. And I'm Alex. Whether you're in high school, college, or taking the first steps in a new career, we are here to uncover the promising tactics, genuine struggles, and inspiring victories that are supercharging the next generation of achievers. Thanks, Thanks for, for tuning, tuning in. in. So what should we jump into first, Gib? Alex? <laughs> well, um, let's look back at, well, so we're what? We have senior year senior year of college coming up right now or in the midst of it right now let's take it back a little bit and let's look at how this kind of all started and and almost pick your brain when you were in high school almost if if you (laughs) if you want to go that far back now we can go that far back what does eddie what does eddie maycar look like walking in those high school door the front doors of his high school like what what were you feeling (laughs) what type of person were you you know what just comes to mind when you picture yourself back in that that classroom well i'm gonna just give myself some more time here and say thank you guys for having me on the first spot on the first guest podcast it's an honor to be here but going back to your question about being in high school for the first time like in as a freshman um i was not the same person that you guys know me as today not even close i was an extremely insecure i was i was chubby um barely had any friends maybe like one or two here and there still still friends with them to this day love them but all i wanted to do was just play a sport and didn't necessarily work out but i think my life did turn for the better even though i was not expecting the path to take me here and so with that um you wanted as you just said you wanted to play sports and with that did you see yourself i mean a lot of people may have had this thought but uh, were you with that trying to get into sports management? Did you want to play professionally or how did kind of at this early age, what, what was going through your mind in regards to uh, business or, or kind of what you're doing now, if, if at all? It was none at all. Okay. I was straight up. I'm going to be a professional baseball player. This is all I want to do. So every day after school, I would go to the weight room, uh, go hit, go field with my team anything I can do to get better, but like academically or business, any, nothing crossed my mind. This Mm -hmm. is the only thing I wanted. So I put all my time and effort into that. And honestly, it helped me. And when it comes to today, because I developed a work ethic that I would have never imagined was possible, especially in academics, because it's not like, oh, my body can't handle it anymore. Like you're in a sport and you're weightlifting, you're like, oh, I can't no longer push this weight. But when you're doing homework or when you're doing your job, You can just take a five-minute break. Just sit back and just relax, take a breath, and then you can get right back into it full blast. And you never have to just, oh, this is going to be my rest day. No, you don't have to do that. You can just keep going and change my life completely. Yeah, and I think uh, to kind of give a little backstory on why 
why we're bringing this up. It, it's almost to show how your your first goal in mind was you wanted to play professionally. You wanted to keep sports within your life. And there's people at various stages too throughout their career, whether they do make it to uh, a little higher within the league, like let's say the G League or um, the AHL for hockey or whatnot. But maybe things don't always work out. And so from from playing those sports and everything, do you and you did just touch upon this, and this is why it's being brought up, but how do you think that you would have some of those similar successes to where you are now had you not, um, or just gotten to the point where you were at getting, mm. you know, to senior year of college and and kind of honing in your interests had you not had that worth, work ethic instilled through sports and kind of those lessons and other skills that may mm. not, be directly related to academics or business, but overall to life? Um, I, yes, without, if I did not give in my all and fail, mm -hmm. like right on my face, I would not be the same person. I would not be as good as I am academically or thinking wise or speaking because I used to stutter all the time. But through working, working as hard as I possibly could and failing. But I didn't fail just like as soon as I tried, it just failed. No, that wasn't it. Did I fail along the way? Yes. But I noticed that if I keep doing it and just keep honing in my skills and putting my best foot forward every single day, it gets better. You get better. Everything around you just tends to fall into place. And my path wasn't with baseball, but Without baseball, I would not be as disciplined or any or want things as bad as I do now. Do you ever wish that, you know, it sounds like baseball really built the foundation or we can relate it to all high school sports, you, you know, participating in a team sport in high school teaches you a lot of those things like discipline and maybe how to manage your schedule, balance academics with uh, sports. But do you ever feel like... Um, you wish that you paid a little bit more attention to the school side as well, or do you not get those feelings? Do you feel like, Oh, you know, I could have spent time, you know, balancing my priorities better and, uh, and taking advantage of some of the stuff I can learn in high school. Or are you kind of, do you feel like the path you set on, um, you wouldn't change a thing about it? Um, Honestly, if I would go back and change anything, I wouldn't be with you guys right now. So I would say no. But looking back on it, do I wish I did pay attention in school? Absolutely. If I would have been better at reading, hated reading, wouldn't do it for the life of me. But now I do it all the time because you can learn so much from it. But yeah, I 100% wish I got to be better in my academics and focus in on them when I was in high school, because then I wouldn't have to struggle as much now yeah. <laughs> in college. I wouldn't have to play catch up, but now I would have just been good, but it all worked out. I think that's a really cool thing to think about though, because I, I always, when people are like, you know, do you wish you changed how high school went or how college went? You know, there's obviously things you can say that you're like, Oh, I wish I would have done this. But then sometimes you're like, well, you know, every little thing that I did helped me get to where I am now. So you're hesitant to say, I would change this or this and this. But with a skill like reading, you can clearly identify like, yeah, I don't think if I read more in high school, it would have changed too much. But I wish I did because now I understand how how much value I get out of like reading books. 
And, uh, and if I would have practiced that skill, I could probably be faster at it, more efficient now and, and rip through, you know, a lot more books and just keep growing my brain and knowledge. Right. I mean, especially with books, I'm going to give a little shout out to my girlfriend here. She she always told me when we started getting into reading, she was like, why would you try and solve a problem all by yourself when someone wrote a book on how to solve it? So that's a very good I was like, yeah, (laughs) I thought it was genius. I was like, dude, you're right. And it works. Like if you're focused on something, you want to learn more about it, just go grab a book from it. You'll learn 10 times more than what you started out with. I think you could even translate that into if there are a hundred books written about something, maybe you should focus on another thing that isn't necessarily already written about a bunch of times. Maybe you could set that, that, uh, example forward and maybe have your own book about something. That's a good point, too. I mean, you guys started your own podcast because you have valuable in- personal information and you guys want to distribute it. Oh, you're flattering us. I know you guys. You guys got some really important stuff to share. We're well, going to play that in a, in a review. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's our new commercial. Um, I, uh, I'm glad we got onto this topic because – and it's good that I waited out because – what I was going to ask you is what type of books are you reading right now? What are you, what are you doing to kind of feed the brain right now? As of right now, I'm reading, I think it's like the 12 rules of life by Jordan Peterson. That was a good one, but I would say one of the best books I've read was uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh, okay. Oh. I, I personally was... haven't done too much reading in that sort of area, but I I've read like Rich Dad Poor Dad and I, I thought that that's one was a, that's pretty good. But book. I I kind of like to hear what other people are reading right now because mm. if, if I ever do have, usually when I'm traveling and stuff, I like to pick up a book and have that on me and mm-hmm. it's it's just nice to relax on vacation and read I think and let the imagination go wild. So it's yeah. What what uh when you don't necessarily read books like that, do you have another genre that you're interested in? Um. I like the sci-fi conspiracy type of books. I don't oh. know if that's going to get me in trouble or anything, but like, <laughs> I read, I read uh, 1984. Oh, that's uh, a by good George one. Well. That's a phenomenal read. It's really like it's like a movie in your head. Mm-hmm. That book is like really has strong imagery. And then uh, Heart of Darkness. That's a that's a rough read. It took me like way too long to get through that book because my vocabulary is not as extensive as it should be for that book. But that that was an eye opener too. I want to, I want to make a little admission here. So I'm very similar. (laughs) I'm very similar to you, Eddie. I, in high school, not a big reader, even in college, not a big reader. I was, I, sometimes I say that to professors. I'm like, I haven't read a book, you know, since till senior year, senior year was the first time. And this is a really funny thing. Like professors, like, what are you talking about? Because I think I have a good vocabulary, but I didn't read a, a full book, you know, front to back until senior year of college. And then, so my advice for someone that doesn't like reading, I absolutely, I could not stand reading. I just could not get myself to do it. But the sci-fi, the the more, you know, books that aren't necessarily directed at more of a specific teaching are way less interesting to me because I'm like, why would I want to read about some some, you know, fantasy or made up stuff? But one strategy that I figured out is like, if I want to learn something and I can find a book that's going to teach me, it motivates me a lot more to read that book. So if friends or family or adults are like, 
this book is a great book if you want to learn this or this book will help you get better at this skill. Those are the books where I'm like, okay, I can read that because now I'm, I have this motivation. So if you create a motivation for yourself to read, that's kind of like, this will get me to, from point A to point B, maybe to point C if I read this book. And, and that can just be a quick tip for motivating yourself to read because maybe some other listeners are like me and just cannot do it. <laughs> that's a good point. And it's, I, I think that might be where I'm not, I do reading into things when I need to, like you're saying, when you want to learn about something and need to kind of figure things out contextually. But I think my biggest thing for not reading is more so I like to see, I'm more of a visual learner. And then like on the back end, kind of use my own imagination to tweak that design within my own head. And so I think that's what books really do well is when you are reading it and your mind's interpreting it, does you do get to build that picture of what's happening or kind of almost build that webbing within your brain of how that business plan is being laid out. If that's the type of book you're reading or whatnot. So, uh, Eddie, what kind of gave you the motivation or what was that switch in your head when you went from high school, not reading to whenever you started reading kind of what, what was the motivation for you? I kind of talked about, how I try and motivate, motivate myself to read. I would say was the realization of how much I didn't know, because I always had, everyone has this internal thought of like, Oh, I'm always right. Or my thought process is better kind of thing. And then you go to events where you are just blown out of the water by every single mm -hmm. person there. Like when me and Jet went to Cornet for the first time, I went in there. I know Jet. No, what I was, was that? Cornet. What's that? It's a real corporate real estate conference. We yep. did the academic challenge there. Oh, okay. And so we were like networking, asking people questions, and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't know anything." Like these people are insane. And you look at these people; they're like everyday people, but yep. how much they know is insane. It's crazy. So it's like, I need to step up my game. And so let's, I guess we could dive into the in industry events part. No, yeah, we definitely should. That's a great, it's a great segue. It. But how did you kind of tackle not having that same maybe technical language or the ability to you know, talk things through with those people who did know more than you or mm -hmm. had more experience? How did you kind of get over that learning curve or that, that curve? It's or how, the, get over that hill itself. No, I hear you. I hear you. It it felt like a mountain in the moment. Okay. It straight up did. And honestly, thank God Jet was there to kind of babysit <laughs> my <laughs> babysit me through it. But um, I, I asked a few questions that I wanted to know about the industry. Honestly, I couldn't pinpoint exactly what those are now. That's all right. But Jet then told me, because they know we don't know anything because mm -hmm. we're students and they've been working in the industry for years. Yes. So he said, just make them feel special. You know, pick their mind, talk about mm -hmm. them. And I've used that in my career too. And I realized that the best conversation you'll have with someone for networking will be about their kids, about their family, Literally. about things that has nothing to do with the reason that they're there. And they'll remember you forever because, hey, this person actually wanted to get to know me and not just how they could use me mm -hmm. to get to another career path. But it's like, this person was just genuinely curious, curious in my everyday life. Yeah, going off that point, I want to bring up, we'll talk about kind of, I'll set the stage. So we're going to talk about industry events, but one of the main things that 
people go to these industry events for is to learn and network. So it's like knowledge sharing and meeting other professionals in the industry. And they apply, every industry has events that are industry specific and designed to share knowledge and meet other people in the industry. But since you just said, you know, talked about how being a student at one of these events is a, a little bit of a barrier at first or in your own head, you feel like it is. And uh, I think it's a perfect time to kind of talk about networking at a deep level, and then we'll bring it back to industry events. So just like you said, the, some of the most valuable networking conversations you'll have with people are about their family, their kids, things that really build a relationship. And so one, something I wanted to mention is that there's a podcast called Work Life with Adam Grant, and uh, it's one of the episodes is networking for people that hate networking. And he says that when you build a network by building deep connections based off of share, a sharing of knowledge, that's when the benefits are really reciprocal. So the point is, is that building a deep relationship with the individuals that you're meeting is it's not this transaction surface level business conversation that you, you want to go for, because that's kind of the boring, you know, I don't taboo is probably not the right word, but surface level networking that everyone thinks of stereotypical. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Stereotypical networking is like, Oh, I'll do this. You do that. I'll do this for you. You do this for me. Peace out. But the best networking is, is when you're building a relationship interested in that person talking about things that are meaningful to both parties and you really build a friendship and then maybe someday it turns into something else, but you really want to build relationships with all sorts of different minds. And one day you'll hear something and it'll pop in your head and you'll be like, Oh, I do know someone, or I met someone that knows about that one time. Maybe I can reach out. And if you've done a good job at first, they're like, Oh, we talked, had this awesome conversation about my kids or something with Jet or with Alex, they'll remember you. And as soon as you, you know, want to learn something else, it'll be, more seamless the deeper that connection is or the, the more like friendly it feels and not transactional. So I have a story and I think this kind of it, it can go along to leaving that impression and one thing with that is knowing who you're actually talking to at these events. Talking about. And so I have a story where if I should have done my due diligence and looked up the organization a little bit better on who kind of runs it because it was a radiology uh, and informatics conference that I attended in uh, Austin over the summer. But I was at a little after event with um, some of the other members and whatnot. And one lady approached me and was just asking me, you know, how, what was my, not necessarily involvement, but I had I, she knew that I was attending this with a, another group and she knew that person and she was well-respected within that society and she's on the board and whatnot. So she kind of already knew I was involved with her. So with that, she was going around and talking to the other people who were brought with because it was about a group of six or seven of us. And with that, she came and she was talking to me and I gave my whole spiel. I was like, oh, I'm here um, representing my school and we're doing the, the hackathon and it's, you know, great experience. I'm having fun. I just got to be a member this year. And, and I was kind of just going off like that. And, and eventually I realized, oh, I should probably ask her 
what she's doing here, you know, do the networking actually, not just talk about myself because I, at first I was a little, I was a little nervous on talking about it because I too was at a little bit of a disadvantage. I, I wasn't necessarily familiar with the, the space and what was being talked about or really how this, this went in general, because I was, this was probably my second event that I had ever attended. So I was still kind of getting the nerves out, but afterwards I asked, I was like, Oh, so what do you do? Like, tell me, tell me about it, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm the CEO of the organization that was hosting this event. And I was like, Oh, like, that's great. Like, <laughs> like, sorry, I didn't know who you were. And so, and afterwards she uh, ended up handing me her business card and things like that. And, you know, offered up, uh, if, if there's anything she could help with, you know, do that. And, but it, it just kind of goes to show where, had I not had that thought like, oh, I should stop talking about myself and ask who this person was and kind of meet more people. Uh, had I already looked up who was hosting the event and kind of the people within that, I would have known who was approaching me right away. And I wouldn't maybe have looked like I didn't care at all that she was talking to me. But I I, I think she, as we were talking about before, kind of going off the college uh, naivety, she kind of just assumed that I didn't know and it's all good. But I think it's it's important that going into events, you kind of learn who's going to be there. So if you are presented with the opportunity, you kind of know how to gauge the conversation. You can know if you should pick their brain about something because this may be an opportunity that not everyone gets because they don't have too much free time. And this is the only free moment they have because a lot I've heard and there was a an auction at this event too. And just discussing with kind of the consultation fees that some of these professionals kind of go for, like it's a lot of money that people pay just to sit in a room with them for an hour. And just that little like 15 minute talk with them could be worth its weight in gold almost depending on what you're able to actually talk about. And so those little opportunities, if you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know if you could actually kind of go, uh, what's that word? Uh, jump on it or not, whatever. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. You, you can't capitalize on that moment. That was the word I was looking for, but I just think that's a funny story and it kind of segued into, into that. So with the first real estate conference that Eddie and I attended, um, to do a case competition for, which is Cornet global, Eddie, do you want to speak on how, just like Alex was saying, some of these people have, you know, real clients that pay lots of dollars to hear their advice. And as a student, you get that for free at these industry events. And it's it's like seriously free. <laughs> so like when we were when we were um, talking to professionals about our project at the at the competition or at the conference can you talk about that experience a little bit and some of the things maybe we realized about their willingness to chat with us well i'll start off by saying i think they were pretty impressed that we were there in the first place so that made them more likely to talk to us especially for the case competition but everyone just saying that you're a student and you are here to do this case competition everyone's like oh my god this is what i do how can I help you? Yes. Like, I would love to see your success. (laughs) And especially with the Chicago chapter helping us, they were dedicating hours to helping us and get ideas and introducing us to people that could help us even more. And it was just, 
how willing people are to help you. Because I don't know if it's because they know that they were in your shoes before mm-hmm. or they're just genuinely nice people or what it was. But everyone was just so open to talking to us. Like all that fear and you not being good enough to be there, it's all in your head. And so with that, like what would one maybe little tidbit be that someone may have passed on to you while you were speaking to some of these professionals, if you can kind of kind of look back on that. What's up, everyone? Jet and Alex here. And we just wanted to take a moment to say we started Project Rookie because we know that choosing a career or pursuing an entrepreneurial idea can be hard. We hope that through this podcast, we can create exposure to opportunities, inspire your inner entrepreneur, and create a community for young and hungry achievers just like you. Make sure to follow our podcast on your favorite listening platform or on Instagram and X at Project X Rookie. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. I would say I didn't pay attention to who the main speaker was going to be. And I was shocked when I learned that it was Barbara Corcoran. Whoa. Oh my God. How was that? That's I'm so jealous. Amazing. Are you kidding me? This, this woman pretty much conquered the world. Like she was on top of New York city. Like she's on shark tank. This woman is unbelievable. Everything she said. And you know what was really weird about it? So, you know, when you hear like a, high professional talk and they're Mm -hmm. very professional they they're scripted you know dude she didn't care at all she was just letting it fly being as honest as humanly possible about everything in her story she even called someone out in the crowd and she was like hey this person don't do business with this person because something with a fiance or something and she was joking but it was just like so cool and she gave some tips that i can break them out on my phone i took i took some notes I don't know Ooh. if you want me to steal her tips or not, or should we not do it? Her, yeah, um, go for it. We'll make it quick. But I think that right. I think that the fact that you got to see Barbara talk is just like another reason why these industry events are an awesome experience because they'll have like a mm-hmm. keynote speaker, somebody that's really well known in the industry, or someone who's really well known in the like world, who is Barbara. <laughs> But even in the world of real estate, like being able to be exposed to those people, some people pay crazy amounts of money to go to these industry events. And as a student or an entry level professional, there's always ways that you can get a discount or even go for free as you know, if you're just breaking into the industry, because the industries care about fostering the next generation. And so they'll help you out there. And I just think that that's so cool. And I'm like totally jealous that I didn't get to go see Barbara as well. Yeah, that's actually pretty crazy. And it's not just the guest speakers. Like, I got to talk to developers, consultants, uh, architects. One one guy I was talking to, he was de- he designed the Atlanta Falcon Stadium. Like, he was wow. on the team that did that. And I was like, dude, you have the coolest that's job crazy. in the world. That's so and, cool. And they'll just share information with you about it. I don't know anything about architecture, but I talked to him for an hour because I was like, dude, your job's amazing. And he just kept going and going and going. And I was like, you're amazing. I'm sorry. I'm connected with him on LinkedIn. Super cool dude. Um, so Barbara's just like, keynotes that she bullet us some quick learnings from Barbara. Gotcha. Perception creates reality. Hire happy people. Fun is good for business. Be great at failure. Recognition motivates more than money. And bad times are the best times to move ahead. I love all of that. And the valuable information I take from that is 
that at these oh. industry events, you know, within your whatever your industry is, there are all all sorts of levels of seasoned professionals that are available. If you're a student, you have a unique opportunity for individuals to be more willing to share their knowledge and want to be helpful. They they want to pass on knowledge they know they have about the industry and grow the next generation of people coming up into that industry. So if if more mature professionals see students at these events, which first of all is unique in itself. So most of the events that Eddie and I have been at, maybe Alex, same way with your event in, in Texas, there's maybe, you know, less than 2% of the conference is students. So when, when somebody yeah. meets a student, Definitely. they're excited that you're there. They are, it's probably not something they saw when they were a student. They probably weren't going to these events. So they immediately think it's super cool. And they're like, how can we help you? Because this is awesome that you're just here. And I want to make your experience really good. And let, let's pack all this knowledge into your brain in this two days that we have, because then you can go and, and help change the industry one day. So there's just that that yeah. exposure to all these ideas that you don't get in the classroom most of the time. And and people are willing to help you because once you get older, even at our age right now, we're, we're getting to that point where if we're at a conference, you don't have the I'm still a student card, which gets you a free pass anywhere. And we have the I was just a student card, which gets you somewhere, but now you have a job and you have an incentive to, you know, your incentive is, has become more than just to yeah. learn in their heads. And that's why it's so great to be a student at these events and go while you're in college. Or maybe if you're not in a knowledge worker specific field, like we'll just say desk jobs, or you can do your work at a computer. If you're not in that area, right, when you get out of high school, getting attending them with your higher ups but yeah there's just there's just crazy amounts of knowledge to be had at these industry events and it's super valuable to to go and and getting over that little part of being scared because you're the youngest one there you don't know as much is like eddie said totally just a little mental block and it's something that after you meet the first few people You'll, you'll understand what we're saying and, and how much they want to help you and grow your knowledge. And, and it, it goes away really quick after you start meeting the first few people. So I think those were some valuable points Eddie, Eddie touched on. Definitely. I, I think that they, everything said was um, insightful and it, it kind of, one thing I would ask is, did you going into these events, did do you ever set up goals for yourself, like to talk to a certain number of professionals, or if you know that a certain company or person is going to be there, speak to them directly and things along those lines? To be honest, I haven't. Mm -hmm. Probably should have. Probably would have made my life a lot easier. But my thing was, if I'm nervous to go and talk to this person, I should a hundred percent go and talk to this person <laughs> because the only way that nerve is going to go away and that mental block of you always retreating when you know you should be talking to somebody is as soon as that middle mental block comes up, just go right after it. It's like, nope, I am not going to lose yeah. to my own brain a 
a great opportunity that could change my whole entire life. It goes, it, for me, that just m- reminds me of the quote that's like, you're your biggest competition. So you're, you know, you're sitting there like, oh, I'm, I'm nervous to go talk to that person. And then you're like, I'm going to win against myself right now and go talk to that person. And it's, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but like, it's, it's perfect because that's what you have to do. And, and usually there's, you know, lunches and sessions, like learning sessions at these events. And one thing that I always try and do, and maybe you have one buddy there, Eddie was my buddy for most of this, (laughs) these events that we attended, but maybe you have one buddy there, but sit with random people, whether you're at lunch or whether you're in a learning session, sit next to someone random, they're stuck next to you. So they probably have to say something, say hi or something. If, if generally they'll, they'll try and meet you. If they're older, more mature professional, they'll take the lead and start the conversation. You just have to sit down. If they don't get over those nerves and start the conversation yourself, (laughs) but it's perfect. You just stick yourself in a situation that's like, well, someone's going to have to talk to me. Otherwise, this is going to yeah. be a long lunch. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so true. You can almost force the conversation to happen because mm. what's worse than being at a table of six people and you're a 20-something-year-old and everyone's way older than that, you're you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. So you're, you're not going to go unnoticed at the event. And you want all. to. You embrace that. Like, yeah. I'm the youngest one here. I don't know anything. I hope you guys can teach me something. <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, it's where, where we're at now. At some point, the people surrounding us will be in the same exact positions as those people that we're talking about at this moment. And they will be in those positions of upper management or project management or whatnot. And though that information and those ideas, they, they want to pass down kind of their say and leave their mark too. So it's almost, we are the next generation of what's, what's to come. And so with the guidance of, of those before us, we can kind of, we can kind of make it there. And they're going to want to want us to continue what they started. Exactly. They, they want to be like, Hey, I was a part of this idea mm-hmm. over here. They want to tell their grandchildren that. They want to tell everybody that. Yeah, who knows? So I think it's not saying go about acting that we're we're the replacements for the people we're talking to at networking events, right. but just remember that at the end of the day, there there's the potential, and so they may want to have a little say in, in who gets there and who doesn't. So I have a question. We did a episode on LinkedIn. If you haven't heard that episode, definitely go check it out. But that in that episode, we touch a little bit on networking and a listener reached out um, with a question. And I was like, this is perfect because we're going to talk about networking again with Eddie. And so his question or kind of topic that he wants to dive into is after meeting someone how do you frame questions in a way that makes you seem really interested in what they do professionally or how do you keep the conversation going? So what are some ways that maybe you, Eddie, have learned over time? Okay, that's a really good question. It's a great question. Um, I was like, this is awesome. Let's dive in. (laughs) (laughs) That is, wow, mad respect for this person. Well, I think it could go to start. You could just say off the bat, hey, I'm really interested in learning more about this field. I do this, you set up 
who you are as an individual so you're not just blindsiding them and you kind of break that ice a little bit. And when you show that genuine interest, you can then just really gear a normal conversation towards the topic at hand. But I was kind of kind of giving you a little more time to I think pre- it over I here. I appreciate that. That was honestly a pretty good answer. Um, yeah, break the, once you break the ice and you can get them talking, so they kind of put their guard down a little bit. You're like, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm not quizzing you right now. <laughs> I just want to hear what you have to say. Um, and just go from there. I mean, if you're at a networking event, I'm assuming you're going to be interested in the same industry. I would say that's a safe assumption. And then kind of read what they're doing, like read their body language, read what they're saying. If they don't look interested in the topic, kind of just back off. The last thing you want to be is annoying someone and talking someone's ear off. Cause then next time they see you, they're gonna be like, Oh, it's this guy again, talking my ear off. But just, if they seem really interested in the topic, go, go with that topic. If they don't kind of back off a little bit and I guess part ways a little bit. I don't. Yeah. No one to cut your losses almost. Yeah. Kind of just beaten beating a mound of dirt exactly not getting anywhere <laughs> exactly well exactly. what if you want to what if you want to avoid that so so what i'm thinking of is there's people so if you're just in general trying to meet people and some people are obviously not going to be as responsive as others they're maybe they're on their way to another session on their way to do something everyone's time is valuable they might just might not be interested in talking at that point in time. It might just be the wrong time. But the point is, how do you set yourself up if you know you want to meet this person? Like this is a target person you want to meet. How do you make sure that doesn't happen to this target person? Because like in general, if you're just generally meeting people, it's not that big of a deal if someone doesn't want to talk. That's fine. But what if it's someone you're like, I need to meet this person today because this is my only opportunity to meet them. What are some ways that you can try and maybe make sure that you get a conversation? And the one thing I'll start it off. The one thing that I kind of think about is if you if you know you want to meet that person, you can do research before. So if you do your research before on kind of who they are, how you might fit into their world or what you could be interested in, find things that they're really interested in, whether that's their recent LinkedIn posts articles they were in interviews they did anything that's kind of like recent maybe they just wrote a book who knows what it is but the perfect perfect approach i think is when i'm like i need to meet this person and i can't have this conversation be like a surface level one it's like congrats on your new book or like i just saw that article where you talked about this this and this and i thought that was super interesting and it's going to be relevant to them because they just did that interview or just wrote that article or that's the subject they care about right now and are willing to spend time on. So if you can find those you know, subjects of interest that are very recent and relevant, then maybe it helps you steal, maybe not steal, but have a little bit more of their time than you might have otherwise had if you asked them, you know, hey, can you help me on this school project? That's just kind of, you know, what about what about ways that you keep a conversation going? If you feel like the conversation yeah. is dying, is it like you know, right do now. you ask what the weather is? <laughs> yeah, perfect. 
perfect. <laughs> like, what are your questions? What are your quick off the mind questions that if the conversation starts dying, what can you ask or what can you start talking about? Uh, I would say pay attention to what they're saying because somewhere in what they just said to you, like what me and Alex just kind of fumbled the ball with a little yeah. bit, there's always something that you can respond to with what they said. Yes. If you're like, oh, this, like they say apartments, like, oh, I just got this new apartment complex. Be like, oh, how many units was it? What was the cap rate? What, what, what do you, what are your plans with this? Yeah. Instead of just like them just ending the conversation that you have nothing else to say. Cause then it's just like, are you, are you okay? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's almost, it's almost like they just spoke to like a wall and they are exactly. getting any feedback. It's like you, they just literally told you all this and we're talking for five minutes. And then after you're like, cool, like, mm-hmm. thanks. Like, don't respond but i think you brought up a good point just picking by going through it and hopefully it's okay if you get lost in a conversation and especially if the terminology or and the content itself are things you haven't been exposed to that's okay and that's reasonable and maybe one thing with with that is you can pick and say hey you use this word or you use this phrase that referred to this like yes i've never heard yes. that before could you kind of explain that to me because I, I got really lost there and i i think if you were to tell me that like i would really understand what you were trying to say here and by showing that you're critically thinking on what they were saying not only does it show a genuine interest but it also shows that you can actually understand the content that they are trying to say or not necessarily uh, they will then be more inclined to speak with you and to respond because it's showing that genuine interest in what they had to say. And you were paying attention and you were taking mental notes and it, it shows a good, uh, I would say self-awareness that can really leave a lasting impact on people. And if let's say they work for a company that you wanted to work for and they know at the end of the day, the recruiter, someone may be in contact with them and you apply and they have to talk to them. They may say, Oh yeah, I I love that person. I I remember this. And Mm -hmm. that, that good positive connection just keeps going. And it kind of goes back off of the first impressions episode that we talked about. Your first impression is very important, but the first impression itself will then follow you along. It's almost like that digital footprint. It's never going away. It's always out there. It's all, it, it travels through word of mouth. It travels through actions alone. So it, I think it it's just, yeah, it's very important. What do you what do you have to say, if anything? I think you guys are covering everything as of thus far. I mean, it's the only right. thing I would say is like, especially going back to your first impressions episode, I did listen to it. Oh, that thanks, was that man. Thank great you. episode. <laughs> Highly recommend the listener go back and listen to that one as well. Um, just be happy. You know, mm-hmm. I saw a tweet from a famous business guy, and he said, being happy is a choice, so you can make the choice every day. And if you always have this happiness aroma, like, yeah, I think that's the right word, right? Yeah. This aura around you. Yeah, yeah that's the word. Yeah, yeah. The happiness aura. Dude, people will just go to you because everyone, everyone wants to be happy, but you can make the choice to always at least people have bad days. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> but in the end of the day, you pick yourself up and you're just 
you can just be happy. And people want to go to that person. No one wants to go to the Debbie Downer that hates life and how a world is just falling apart. It's like, wow, this is a really interesting conversation. Like, no, they want to have a good time. They want to laugh. They want to. And I think that I think that's a good thing to bring up is personality and and knowledge. There, there's not just one thing that's going to drive you forward as as the star achiever. It, it's kind of a culmination of a bunch of different things that, as those pieces are put into play and you're meeting new people and you're interacting with those, it kind of synergizes together to help you get to those points of success and those goals that you want to reach and. Do you kind of have any like rules or things that you keep along with you that kind of uh, not necessarily maybe superstitions almost how we were talking about that energy and mm-hmm. stuff. If, if we're just trying to get a little, I would say never talk bad about anybody mm-hmm. because you have no idea who that person knows, how the relation is. If you can always, even if you had a bad instance with this person, you can just be like, yeah, that person was really good at this. Like, you don't have to say they were, you like them. You don't have to say that at all. You could just be like, they were really good at this specific thing, and I have a lot of respect for them. It kind of goes along with not burning bridges. And, and this whole topic of relationship building and networking comes full circle, especially if you've had a relationship in the past or an interaction in the past that went negatively and you didn't maybe put a little bit of effort into repairing that. It's always at least this is my personal opinion. And I feel like generally the two lessons that we just talked about is be happy and try and not talk bad about people or burn any bridges. I think that those two things in the realm of relationship building will really help you either have beneficial relationships later or what are you laughing at? I'm dying. On the same topic of how to appear interested in you know, the professional's life, what they're talking about, what they're saying. If you feel like you don't appear very interested in them, I read this book one time and listened to a masterclass on the same topic, but it's by Chris Voss. He's a former FBI hostage negotiator. So he talks about communication and relationship building and negotiating. But one of the techniques he talks about is mirroring. And I think that I would love if we could have a quick conversation and I'll try my attempt at mirroring and then we can explain maybe what it's about. I think the listener will pick up on it, but if you'd be down to have a quick combo, just a role play, I'll do some mirroring. So I think that this is, this is like one of my favorite ways to appear interested or keep myself excited and engaged in the conversation. First of all, being happy and showing that and showing like really like extravagant, maybe is the word I'm thinking of, or like enhanced facial expressions. Mm -hmm. Like I love what you're talking about right now. Like that's who you want to be. Even if you're not, you know, you can convince yourself that the information is valuable. Be interested in it because you never know what knowing what they just said is going to do for you later. And I've had that happen a million times. Like, oh, I didn't even try or wasn't interested in that at the time. But wow, I'm happy I listened a little bit because now it's super valuable. So we can start this role play. Like just I'm going to be like, so what did you do this weekend, Eddie? What I do this weekend? Yeah, last weekend. This past weekend, what would you do? 
this past weekend. I think I went out to the bars with some of my buddies, hung out. I think I went rock climbing too. Oh. You, you said so. you went to the bars? Yeah. What did you do at the bars? I drank beer. I am 21, so that's okay. Drank beer. I hung out with some friends that came into town that I haven't seen for a while. Um, just catching up on life because I know when you're an adult, it starts to get a little bit busy and harder to hang out with friends. So, so your friends, your friends came to town from where? Uh, he lives in the Chicago area. Okay, just one friend. Works, it it was, pretty- yeah, yeah, and then a few of my friends that here also know him. So that's what we did. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then you said you went rock climbing. Yes, sir. I didn't know you could go rock climbing in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's this place called Adventure Rock. And there's like a bunch of walls, like a bunch of like taller walls on belays. And then there's this thing called bouldering where you don't have like a strap or anything, but you like fall on a mat. And so it's like you're like sometimes like horizontal and it's like jumps kind of thing to the next rock that you have to get to. It is extremely difficult. And some of these people are like professionals. They make it look so easy. It sounds like you like challenging activities. Oh, absolutely. Because if you're, if you're not challenging yourself, then what are you learning? You're not, you're not pushing yourself. It's kind of mundane if you're not challenging yourself. And it sounds like you probably apply that mindset to other parts of your life as well, not just rock climbing. Absolutely. From friends, family, to work, to rock climbing, to weightlifting, everything. So you do, you're a weightlifter. Yeah. I like to lift heavy circles for sure. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) the point is, is that I I got, I kind of saw what you Yeah. Tell me what happened, Alex. Tell me what happened. So that's kind of where I just jutted in with the, so that's cool because I kind of picked up on the fact that the way that you were responding with the conversation was almost, it was mirroring the same exact tone and the same exact enthusiasm that they were, uh, that sorry, Eddie was, uh, speaking to you with. And so I thought it was interesting and I kind of just let you keep going with your thing because that's an experience I personally have never done before. But I think now that seeing you two do it and especially hopefully for those who are listening to this, they can think about that the next time they go into one of these conversations with one, with a professional that they are just meeting and realize that if you do not as we were saying before, have that same enthusiasm or show that you want to actually be there, they're going to reciprocate or mirror that exact same feeling and emphasis or enthusiasm and energy to you in the conversation. So I thought that was a really, really cool experience right there that you guys just did. Did you feel like I was typically, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and typically people aren't going to be as short as I was. I was yep. just testing Jed and see how good he was at it. <laughs> yeah, so I got backed into a wall there. You know, when Eddie talked about this, you know, interesting part of rock climbing, uh, I was like, I don't have anything else to ask him. But what what can I maybe drag out of rock climbing that's interesting? Oh, so you like a challenge. Like you're, you, you like, and then Eddie was like, well, of course. I mean, if you're not, and then it keeps going. And it, it's, it's not that funny because it's, it's true challenge. people will do that They're like, or or maybe if they don't have an answer they'll be like do i like a challenge 
oh, I do like a challenge. And then and then it gets them thinking <laughs> it's it sounds so funny, but it works, I promise. And and Eddie probably felt like I was interested in what he had to say there. It, it's a little rough because we didn't plan to do that, but that's your raw conversations with the next generation of achievers yeah. right there. Um, but the point is you just pick something out of pick either a theme or a word or two that the person you're talking to said, be interested in it, ask another question about it. So, oh, you went rock climbing. Oh, oh just one friend came came to visit you or like just, just those kind of things that you can pick out of what they just said. One, it shows you're interested. Two, it shows you're listening to what they said. And three, those two together probably show that you care about them and what they have to say. So if you don't feel like you're coming across as interested, that is my favorite strategy to use. And I think it works like a charm. So shout out Chris yeah, Voss. Was- I hope you uh, are listening to our podcast one day. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. That would be so cool. We well, should get him on so- the pod. That would be, be epic. That would be epic. We shall see. We shall see. Stay tuned. Um, all right. What was uh what was one of the should we do you have you found um and I think this might go more so are you are you currently working right now? Yeah, I'm working part time and going to school right okay, now. Okay, okay. And so with that, how what what does your your day-to-day look like right now day-to-day okay well i typically will wake up before work and go to the gym so like i'm up at 4 45 5 o'clock to just go and work out get the blood move i'm telling i don't know if it's just me but i personally think if everyone did this i think the world would be a much better place but after you work out and you push yourself at five o'clock and because the hardest part's waking up then you got to go to the gym which is you're just like, oh my God, I'm not ready to work out right now. Yeah. You know, I haven't eaten breakfast. I haven't done anything. You get up, you go work out, you get your blood moving. All of a sudden you get that dopamine rush from like, oh my God, I just did that. And then you get to go to work and just see a bunch of people. But you're like walking in happy-go-lucky. Your mm-hmm. blood's moving. It's like in the afternoon for you pretty much. Yeah. You're ready to go and you show up to work and you can perform 10 times better, stay more focused. But anyways, that's besides the point. That's just my little spiel on how <laughs> everyone should do that. And then, so typically I'll work eight to noon and then come back home, eat lunch, and then go to my classes. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have pretty much wide open, so I won't wake up as early, but I'll probably get up at like eight, go to the gym, and then do homework, assignments, email people that we're doing research for projects on, and uh, then go to class at around three, and then come back, and then any extra homework or extracurriculars I want to do, or just go meet up with friends. And then, so that's pretty much my week. And then sounds like a, sounds like you have a pretty filled up schedule. How, how do you go about managing that time? And what, what are some of the things you do to kind of keep yourself organized and on track with all your work and such, and actually waking up at five forty and continuously hitting the same uh, routine and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like put something on the wall, not like you can do computer, whatever you want to do, whatever's personal, but I like putting it up on the wall. So like, I cannot deny what I'm looking at on mm-hmm. the wall. Like I can't of just course. like shut my computer. I can't do it. I'm like, I have to look at this mm-hmm. every single day. So I would say just 
be disciplined to it and know that if you can get up and win the day, you are better. And it's something to be truly proud of. So when you go to bed at night and you're getting all these anxiety ridden thoughts like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done this. But if you just did all you could that day, you don't even have to focus on the next day. Just focus on today. If you did all you could, you're going to sleep better. Your relationships are going to be better. Your work's going to be better. Everything will just fall into place. I love I love that routine. Um, one thing I think I could make a full circle connection on is you said that waking up early and you you get this dopamine going. You're like, okay, I just I just did that. Quick question in the middle of this, but do you have to lift a thousand pounds at the gym to get that same dopamine in the morning? You have to be like no. killing yourself. No. Oh, you don't. Yeah. So any any no. type of activity in the morning can get that dopamine going. Right, yeah, hundred percent. Yoga works too. That's just a point I, I wanted like to make. That that's was my personal favorite. Push-ups are king. I did like a I did like a thirty for thirty kind of thing where I started out. It was just like I don't know. I wanted to try and get the blood flowing in the morning and and everything. I was waking up early and I was like, oh, I have an extra hour to kill. So it's like, well, maybe I'll start off with some push-ups just to get my day going. Like you were saying, have mm. a little win for the day. And and I eventually did start keeping track of it. But I, I thought it was, I thought what helped me the most was, and, and I can really see the value in your routine was, was getting up, doing that same thing over and over. And then I eventually turned it into, well, I should add a push-up every day or I should then, I should maybe do it before bed then. So in theory, if I'm doing 15 in the morning, I'm doing 15 at night or X, Y, Z. And so I just, it kind of helps you train yourself to continuously hit these little goals. I think routines are, <laughs> are really interesting and important, especially for me. Like one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast is to figure out and kind of share all a wide spectrum of these routines that people our age are doing. Like, what time are you getting up in the morning? What are you reading? What are you, when do you go to bed? Do you go out on the weekends? Like what, what does kind of normal look like for us, but the same time normal for people that want to, are really excited to grow their career, really excited to grow a business, really excited to do something, you know, like awesome, like achieve in life. And, and so, I mean, you can probably figure out what normal is, but I don't think we get to hear it from, our own age all the time. So one question I have about your routine is what time do you go to bed to wake up at 445? And how does that if you go to bed at a different time that night? Is it a way bigger challenge to get up at that 445? And how do you you know, still do it? Um, I would say I go to bed at 830 nine o'clock most nights except for weekends i'm still a college student so you know i like to go have fun i'm still a kid still so i'm still gonna keep doing that and if i do not if i'm not disciplined about what time i go to bed it's gonna be rough though like that initial getting up is gonna be horrendous because mm-hmm. i need my sleep i need that beauty sleep gotta look good <laughs> you know but <laughs> it's tough and i will say I'm not perfect with my routine. I do miss days, 100%. I'm not this god that's like, I have no mistakes. I don't do anything. No, I I do it all the time. It happens. But when I am on my routine, completely different person than when I'm not on my routine. So how do you deal with that? Or how do you think about it in your head when you miss a day, when you get off your routine for a little bit? How do you get back into it? Is, is it like 
you know, if I miss a day tomorrow better be, you know, twice as good. Or like, how do you think about that in your head when you miss a day of your regular routine? Do you feel like you're going to go downhill instantly? Or you're like, this is an off day. I'm my normal is here. That was not my normal because this is where I set the standard for myself. Like, what does it look like for you? Um, I wake up, uh, <laughs> at my next alarm at like seven thirty or something to go to work. Okay. And it's, I'm not happy with myself, but I know just because I messed up the first part of my routine, it doesn't mean the rest of my day can be terrible. I can't just let that happen because I still have to perform in everything else in my life. Or like you just kind of go with it. You just go with the punches. Yeah. Do you almost like take every kind of, your day-to-day in almost short little sprints. So if you don't make that first one, then you just toss it out the, put it back to the back of your head mm-hmm. and then just move on from there. Do you think that has, is, do you think that's been, been very beneficial for you? I haven't thought about it, but now that you phrased the question like that, I think yes, because like when you go to work and you get stumped on something, we're young professionals. I think we all get stumped on mm-hmm. stuff all the time. Yeah, It happens. So if you're going to get hung up on this one thing, even in your daily routine, that doesn't matter to anyone else but you. If you get hung up on this thing, you're just putting more mental barriers in your own way. So if you go to work and you get stumped or, oh, I missed this one thing, it doesn't mean your whole work has to go to the garbage. Mm -hmm. It's just you got to pick it up, see what you did wrong, learn from it, and then keep going. You can't just halt here. And that is something I have dealt with in my life of getting halted. Oh, I messed this up. So now I'm stuck on this one little thing. It's like, no, the next thing's coming and you got to be ready for it. That's so awesome. I, I, this is the cool thing about this podcast being kind of real time (laughs) and a a learning experience for everyone, because I've never thought about my day in segments like that, Mm -hmm. but I think it'd be super helpful. And I'll let you guys know next episode, uh, how it's going for me, but that's something that I'm going to take right now from Eddie and, work on you know in my life is figuring out if or or segmenting my day into separate wins like for the day one's going to be activity going to the gym for me but your connect activity can be whatever it is then you have maybe even different parts of your work day and then family time or time to talk to your girlfriend and then just all these things and you want to do check as many of those segments off that as you can, but if one checkbox doesn't make it that day, you're still one so many times that day, all those wins matter. And one of those checkboxes being left blank doesn't mean it was a bad day. And that's something that can help circle back to Eddie saying, be a happy person, focus on all of those wins. Like that's, I do, I do feel like I focus on the wins, but I've never thought about it in, in a segmented way like that. I think that's super valuable and probably something that can work for a lot of people. Yeah. If you don't, as you were, as you brought up the mental barriers that sometimes are put up, not even to our, our own doing it, it just happens sometimes when things don't go our way, we, we shut ourselves down in a sense and say, Oh, I, I didn't get this this time. I didn't get it that time. I'm not going to get it this time. Well, you never know because if you look at it from this perspective of every little sprint is to the goal and then you start over at the next one, then that 
those barriers can can easily be broken through and it may surprise your you may be surprised yourself at at what can be accomplished when you are cheering yourself on from your own head and with that how how do you deal with maybe the stress that comes in those situations of not knowing what to do or not having maybe necessarily the answer how do you go with with dealing with that so I've just started really processing this and taking it internally because I knew I would get hung up on things growing up. And I finally realized that getting hung up on everything, it, it only hurts you. Like if you, Jet, could you tell me someone you ran into, let's say Friday and they were having a certain problem. Do you remember what it was? Probably not. And do you think if you were having a hard time on a specific day, do you think the person you kind of like rubbed the wrong way remembers it? Yeah, I guess problem? it definitely depends on how big the problem was. But in general, no. If it's a, right. if it's a day-specific problem, just something that's happening that day with a, a, a day-specific project, it's, it's probably – I won't remember it because I right. don't – you know, it's almost like I look at a bigger picture – Exactly. That's what everyone's thinking. So if you're going to like stop yourself and like have this overwhelming stress and anxiety of, oh, I can't do this one specific thing, you can go ask a question. They're not going to hold you back like, oh, you couldn't do that. You think they're going to remember that for the rest? They won't remember it by the time they get home to their family. Like, don't beat yourself up over something so minuscule. And I used to do that all the time, all the time. And I was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Today was a great day, but one small thing happened and now my day sucks. Like that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. I want to enjoy mm -hmm. life. So I think just saying that to yourself and embracing it, it will relieve so much stress and so much anxiety. Yeah. Focusing well end of day, focus on the wins of your day. And, and you can turn, I, maybe this is another good point, but something that I try and do to turn negatives into a positive is if I feel like I messed up somewhere or I made a mistake, I try and make sure that I learned, like I like do a little reflection. Did I learn? So that's not going to happen again. There's my win. Okay. I, I, I made this mistake. Now it's out of the way. I'll never make it again. There's your win is like, you learn from this. That's your positive thing to look at even though today it might not feel like it, you can look at it as this won't happen again in the future. So that's a win for me. One, exactly. One thing I want to get into just quickly, and I know we're probably uh, getting to the time, but Eddie, you went to, you've been at three different universities. Can we talk a little bit about that? Maybe there's some listener that's at their college and don't feel like it's the right fit. Maybe they're questioning even going to college because they're scared of jumping around to three different ones. What does that feel like? Do you have any advice for someone maybe going through that right now? I will say if you are truly unhappy with where you are, you got to make the change because the only person you're hurting staying there is you. So if you're, if you're struggling every day and you're like, I'm doing these challenges and I'm focusing on the wins, but you're still just like, something's just not right with you. You're probably in the wrong spot. Maybe it's the environment. And yeah. 
Exactly. Exactly. And you can take that into relationships as well. If you're like, I had a good day and then this one thing happened and now it's a terrible day. It's like, that's not what you want to be around. Yeah. So it's scary transferring. Like I've transferred three first times the scariest. Can you tell us your, can you tell us just a really high level of your, your quick story between the three colleges? Okay. So I went to Kansas, uh, a school in Kansas a junior college and didn't play that much. I actually got redshirted, so I didn't play, but only in the fall I got to play. Mm -hmm. And I realized I wasn't good enough. And I don't want to just like bail on everyone that's around me that I've been with all year. But I was like, this is not for me. I don't have any loved ones here. I don't, I have like the artificial friends, you know what I mean? Like you're not like your freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't for me. And I was like, I need to go somewhere where I feel better. Like, I need to go where somewhere that can feel like home. Like, that place never felt like home to me. So I went to College of Lake County. Um, the coach gave me an opportunity there, and I'm extremely thankful for that. But as soon as I moved in with my roommates that were also on the baseball team, completely different change. Like, feeling every day I could sleep. It was completely different. I was like, okay, so this is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. So, and then I finished my associate's degree at College of Lake County and I saw Marquette had a real estate program and they were good. So I was like, okay, let's try to get in here. Grades weren't well, but I went to junior college and I kind of got my shit together a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then I could get in here. And my first class here was a calculus, (laughs) calculus. So I got to sit in that big lecture hall. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. And I didn't have any friends. Like the only person I knew was my girlfriend. I was like, well, I don't want to be that guy that's just leeching on my significant other. So it's extremely. (laughs) They threw you in a calculus class. Right off the road. When you got here. From junior college. You're like, let's see what you got. Welcome to college. Yeah, seriously. So I was just, I mean, it's terrifying. You feel like you're in your own world. No one knows you exist and you're just in your own head. But sometimes that can be the best thing for you because once you can break through your own head, mm-hmm. everything in life is so much easier, so much easier. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. Uh, you, you kind of, there's nothing you can fear if, if you're no longer fearing your own, your own mind, I guess you could say. A hundred percent. Because... A lot of those perceived fears are just the 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 concept of your imagination or of what may happen and whatnot. If if there's not a direct actual danger in front of you, so do you do you think that maybe what what kind of like drew you to that conclusion or to reach that point almost of of breaking through kind of yeah? How would you get family there? and friends? Family and friends. Um, they saw me just beating myself up over everything. They're like, why are you doing this to yourself? You are trying new things and you're you're being successful, just not to your own standards. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. You got to stop beating yourself up because you just become miserable by your own doing. Yeah. And it's the worst place to be. And I highly recommend if you're struggling, I know this sounds cliche that everyone said, oh, go talk. So I'm not saying you got to go and have this intimate conversations about your feelings with someone you barely know, but just go and have a good time. Go talk about sports. Go talk about the Packers. Go do something just to get your mind out of your own head 
And then if you feel a relationship developed, then you can be like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Do you have advice? And sometimes you don't like the advice. But when you don't like the advice, sometimes that's the best advice you need to hear. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. It, the truth hurts sometimes. Oh, and yeah. when it really does strike that that nerve and kind of reaches down your core, it, it should be that sign to take a moment, step back and be, hey, am, am I am I doing this too? Am I part of the problem itself? If you're... If, if someone tells you something and, and it really does sting you that bad, then it, it may be a good good time to say, okay, maybe I'm actually doing this too. And this is finally me being confronted with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's my little blurb about that. But I, I think you bring up a lot of good points. And and to the listeners at home, it's this is, this is what we want to do. We want to show that real people are doing real things to try and solve these issues, tackle these problems, and to show that it is capable no matter where you are at, as long as you put your mind to it and and get yourself into the habits of, of driving yourself forward towards those wins, as you were saying before, it you can only grow there as a person. And I think this was really a great, great starting point because you, you offered a lot of different insight that I haven't even necessarily considered. And, and I think Jack could agree too yeah. with that. Yeah. And, and I just think that, yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. And and what do you what do you think with maybe towards the being in this towards the end of the show? Is, is there something maybe you would wanna looking back on kind of this episode maybe touch back on or or bring back into light or um, something new? Yeah, you want to leave us with anything? Maybe a shame. I'll give you. I'll here. give you a second to think. Do you want a second yeah. to think? Okay. What I'm taking from your experience, Eddie, is that there's maybe not a way that you're going to know the next steps confidently. Like you you went to JUCO, transferred to another college, then saw Marquette Real Estate because that's something you're interested in, but got to Marquette and it didn't instantly feel like home. So you you didn't know what was in front of you or didn't know like, confidently this is where i should be right now but you figured out how to make the best out of the situations that you were in and i think that understanding how to take the situation and make the best out of it get as much out of it as possible while you're in that situation maybe while you figure out what's the next step for you is just gonna lead to a more like enriching and better experiences and you'll grow yourself in ways you didn't think you could and and it's not anything to be scared of not knowing what's in front of you i have no idea what the next three years look like for me and that's fine i'm i'm i have i have paths that i think could work but you do never know and you might go down one path not feel at home and you're like okay well i'm here let me get everything out of this learning opportunity or turn it into a learning opportunity and navigate what the next path i'm going to go down is and just like not having that fear of what's next and and being in control of it because you're in the situation. So you're with yourself. You can take control of whatever situation you're in and and turn it into whatever you want it to be. You take take every little bit of learning or experience that you get in that situation and make it yours. And then and then you know you're in the right spot because you're making it the right spot for you at that time. So that's what I got from your little your journey. And I think that it's super cool to see you now 
coming going through all that and now you're rockstar networker networker sure we'll call that a word you're good at networking. <laughs> you're working in the real estate industry finishing up your last semester at college and and from when i met you to who you are now i know you know how to grow and it's just super cool to see so i'm really happy that you're our first guest on this podcast where yeah. we try and help you know growth happen or inspire that so it's really cool well, it's an honor to be here. And honestly, thank you guys so much for being like, you know what, we're to have Eddie on for our first guest. Like yeah. that means so much to me. Like you guys could have found plenty more interesting people that I know both of you know, but I, <laughs> I really, I really appreciate it. But I would say the one thing I would say to the listeners, um, make the choice to be happy. And even if you're in a situation you don't want to be in, just make the most of, yeah. out of it there's no harm in just doing your best and trying to get something out of it. It's only going to benefit you. Even if it sucks, just get through it, make the most out of it. And we all know that's cliche, but it's, it's real once you really focus on it. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we're, we're at the perfect time right now because it's, it's just that first quarter for most of us, that, that first third of life. And with that, we have nothing but time ahead of us and we have that room to grow, that room to fail. And so hopefully throughout this process, we can, we can kind of still track this and, and maybe we'll, we'll even be able to get Eddie back on in the future. Once, once he graduates and see how things go, if, hope, you know, cause project rookie to the moon. So <laughs> <laughs> one year down the road, that, I mean, that would be awesome. Right? It'd be super yeah. cool podcast is amazing i'm excited <laughs> to see where it goes all right so with that we'll wrap if you enjoyed the show it'd mean the world for you to leave a review and share it with your friends if you have a question or comment send us a dm on instagram or x at project x rookie or you can send us an email at podcast at project rookie.com it'd be awesome to hear from you thank you for listening and as always i hope we're helping you take control of what's next peace later <laughs>